Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet 2210 on airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong, who is rocking a jacket, uh, leather jacket, brown leather jacket for people listening on the podcast. If you want to know what I'm referring to, just imagine if uh, Jackie Chan had to cosplay as Chris Tucker from Rush Hour 1. That's exactly what he looks like right now. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Happy day after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Did you watch the bowl, as you call it? Did you watch the bowl yesterday? I watched the I watched like two minutes of the second quarter because I didn't want to miss Rihanna's halftime show. Mm. Had a great time during Rihanna's halftime act. Yeah. That and was then, like that was a great set. Yeah. Congrats then, on the new baby, by the way, too. What a way to announce it, too. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah, I turned it off and then I watched the last like two minutes. Oh, okay. And I saw I mean, what was that called? The end. I mean, I oh, like... the holding call that that ended up deciding the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their names are. That's the football well, version. I mean, wouldn't that just kick the field goal anyway? But they, I guess, no, they would have the, more but the, time on. But the, the clock. problem is, there would have been two minutes left on the clock, right? Instead of running down the clock. Gotcha, gotcha. But you're also, not a, you're not a big fan of the uh, the American football, not nah, or Canadian football, quite frankly. Um, but <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. When I when I saw the, sl- the, the so the guy was about to run in for the touchdown, but he did a slide. Yes. at the one yard to line preserve on the, purpose to preserve the clock. Cause, That's pretty genius. Because the defense was actually allowing him to score yeah, yeah, on yeah, the play yeah. to get the ball back. But and he, he had the he to. had the mind of just to slide at the one yard line. So if that didn't work out though, that would have been that would have been quite hilarious. Yeah. But all yeah, right, so you watch you watch the important parts of the of most the important game. part for me was yeah. number one, Rihanna's performance was excellent. I didn't realize how much of a Rihanna fan I was. I mean, obviously I, uh, you know, yeah, I, I already liked Rihanna, but when I watched the two, I was like, man, like she's this is a crazy good catalog over here. No, pure bangers. I mean, I think it's yeah. been like 20, 20 plus years. And she hasn't really she didn't even do that many hits from anti, which was I thought like her best work. All she so. did was hooks. Like she just sang the choruses most. But they're good enough. I know, yeah. I know. That was yeah. like twenty plus. So that was your Super Bowl review. That's my Super Bowl review. Brought yeah. to you by Bed Rivers. Um, yeah, so that was great. Uh, Scotty Barnes was in a Super Bowl commercial, by the way. He was? Oh, yeah. I, I, think I, was no, a I genuinely had no idea. What? Well, All another right. L for the Raps. Uh, uh-huh. the, o- the only crypto commercial uh, during the Super Bowl oh, this season. So. right. So there we go. Right. Yeah. With the with the, the other Asian guy. <laughs> yeah, the Asian that was with Kyle Lowry last season. Kyle Lowry. Yeah, so yeah. there we go. That's, our, that that's our bowl recap. All right. And now on to the Toronto Raptors. Well, that was the big game on Sunday for me was the Toronto Raptors playing host to the Detroit Pistons. This is the fifth straight game that the Raptors have won on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. Apparently now. Can they win five straight just in general this uh, season, you think? No. Oh, uh, okay. well, I don't know. You know. Maybe. Can we not just have wins on Super Bowl anniversaries? Well, we should talk about the weekend as a whole, you yeah, know, for so sure. Friday. Oh, buddy. Post. <laughs> what a game Post-trade deadline. You know, Masai talking about no-nonsense approach. Mm, you know, yep. Bobby was standing courtside doing Tim and Friends. Oh, yeah, just like my, Just like my guy, Will. Can I describe that scene, by the way? Please, yeah. So, um, Friday, Bobby mm. Webster was made available to media, right? So, one for one for TSN and one for Sportsnet. Yeah. Are we going to explain why he didn't end up on this program? <laughs> no, we don't have to explain that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, the you know the, the PR staff reached out to us Thursday night and no, was sh- like, hey, Bobby's available. Shouts to the PR staff. Can you make it happen? Shouts like, to management here. And immediately, I was like, Let's make this happen, right? Mm-hmm. Tyson Alex, my producer. Alex ran it up the chain of command and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. right? Uh, unfortunately, um, uh, for this show, not unfortunately for the program, um, you know, he went on Tim and Friends, which, yeah. is, which is great. No, right? Shouts to Tim. Shouts to Tim. He always has his on. Shouts to Friends. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, so Bobby was doing the hit courtside. Now, we had some other business with Bobby that we wanted to discuss. 
So I was just sitting there like on this courtside court seats, mm. watching Bobby do the hit. Bobby flashed me the peace sign, and I flashed him the peace sign. And then he just did his hit. Now, I was sitting there courtside, but I can't hear the two sides of the conversation. <laughs> right, so so you... I literally pulled up my Sportsnet Now app, turned on Tim and Friends, yeah. put on my headphones, and I listened to him doing this interview as I'm watching him do this interview. Right, just to hear the questions. Just to hear the questions and the exchange. Tim. And I got to yeah. say, Tim, Tim, listen, Tim, Tim held Bobby's feet to the fire. Mm. You know, he, he asked quite a few questions in terms of obviously that you have three big free agents coming up in the offseason, mm -hmm. right? How are you going to pay all these guys under the tax? Yeah. How, what, the what, how, what was Bobby's response to that, by the way? You know, Bobby's response is Bobby's response. Uh, okay. The, the okay. Very, very diplomatic. Classic, like diplomatic. very diplomatic, you know. Okay. Uh, he's, I don't know if he's still got diplomatic immunity after, after this long, after the championship, but yeah. still, you know, was, was still quite. Um, okay. So you know, he held the company line. It. Held the company line. just held the company line. I think it was just the same message as Masai was putting out, right? Yeah, yeah, Which that, is kind of what you expect from the from the clips that I saw. That's that was similar. You know, he talked about how, how the way they've looked at the the tough losses that they've had, like being yeah. in close games, yeah. which I don't necessarily agree with. But you know, uh, we move forward. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, I, I'm glad. I'm glad Bobby spoke too. Uh, I think at this point we kind of just. I, I'm not sure there's what else more that Masai and Bobby can say, right? They've, they've made the moves that they wanted to make, not make the moves that they wanted to make, and now we don't get to evaluate them until the summer. Yeah. Like now until the end of the season, it's about evaluating the on-court product, mm -hmm. and the on-court product on Friday looked just the same as right before the trade deadline. Yeah. No, Friday was a busy day, though, because after that, after Bobby did his interview, mm. the reason I was hanging around is because I wanted to walk off with him. Oh, okay. So we yeah, walked the down classic the walk off. We, we walked down the tunnel a little bit. You okay. know, we dapped each other up. Yeah. Another, uh, another uh, you know, Asian Mafia reference. Shout oh, okay, out. yeah, no Shout comment. Yeah, please keep that private. <laughs> no, nah, 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 not here. Bobby, I never told him anything. No, yeah. no, nah, nah, that's my guy, Bobby. Yeah. And, and Bobby, by the way, promised that he will do our show once a year. Okay. Just like he did last season. So we will find another opportunity to speak to, yeah. to Mr. Robert Webster. Yeah. Um, but um, You trust when Asians promise things, though. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. But anyway, listen. Um, okay, so you walked off. We walked off, walked yeah, off and Bobby. we talked about it. And I, my impression talking with Bobby just yeah. a little bit, because I didn't want to like ask him that many questions about basketball just in that context. Sure. That's not what we were. I was there to talk to him about. But I think he was just like, "Are, are people that upset?" Because he he kind of asked me that. Oh, so he was maybe surprised by, yeah, by, by the reaction. He was like, "He's like, look, I know the season's not going well, but like, you know, we got Yak in here. We liked him for a long time. Mm -hmm. We needed a center, and obviously, like, you know, people are going to still have a good time with the season." So I think he was actually a little bit caught off guard by the whole thing. Hmm. Not to not to expose the conversation. No, I just meant course. like, you know, for 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 in person in general though, like yeah. um that was that was the mood and I think that that's expectation, right? Like obviously the Raptors took a hit this season. Mm -hmm. They want to keep moving and I think the front office looked at the deadline that way um uh, based on the options available to them, especially cuz you know, as we covered on Friday's show, the offers for certain guys like Fred, for Gary, for OG just weren't really to their liking. Mm -hmm. Um and then then the game happened, and it was looking decent against Detroit. Like, the Raptors led for, I believe, 44 minutes, and then bang. Uh, they, they lose to Utah, sorry, Utah, down the stretch. Yes. There. And that, that game was just so nasty. Yeah, Utah, I think, scored on 14 straight possessions mm -hmm. at one point mm -hmm. in the fourth yep. quarter. You know, Raptors had a double-digit lead, and, you know, we saw the offensive drought, as usual, in the last five minutes. And, you know, we saw the defensive breakdowns. Basically, just saw everything. Yeah. And kind of in the moment, I don't know. I feel like sometimes when you're there watching the game and it happens in real time, it's hard. Like I was actually asking like Vivek Jacob and even like Eric Green after the game. I'm like, yo, that was a that was a monumental collapse, right? Yeah. Because it was hard. Sometimes it's hard to, or maybe because we've seen it a, a few times this season as well. But mm. 
yeah, that was a tough one. You got to put that. I think you got to put that on the list of the worst losses of the season. We got to yeah. update that. No kidding, because the Raptors, I think, were up 11 with about six minutes left, five minutes left. Mm-hmm. And and look, listen, like the league flips really quickly these days, right? Sure. Like, you know, it's you shoot a lot of threes. That's only like three, four possessions of a lead, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, I, I think the Raptors just kind of lost their heads down the stretch. I think defensively, they were never fully locked in against mm-hmm. um, Utah. There were there were moments, though, that were decent. They were getting strings and stops, but especially down the stretch there, obviously, when they score 14 straight times. You know, you really have an issue there. And, of course, a lot of it was Utah just driving downhill again and again after our our guys. And I thought that, you know, that's where I would have liked to see some adaptability in their the way they defend, right? It's, especially with Colin Sexton and, and THT. They're both guys who like to get downhill. In the case of THT, that guy doesn't really shoot mm. much anyway, right? Maybe in the mid-range, and you probably give up a mid-range. Um, if you can go onto some screens, contain the dribble penetration, maybe not pressure as much at the top because, listen, ultimately when you're trying to protect the lead down the stretch, are you really still trying to force turnovers and pressure them to create genera- uh, like uh, opportunities mm-hmm. for your offense? Or are you trying to be solid and, and close that game out defensively? And I never felt like the Raptors e- even came close to getting that sort of um, – you know, solid presence defensively. They gave up way too many line drives downhill. And, of course, Utah had three seven-footers out there, and they were able to put a lot of pressure on the basket in general. And that's where I thought a couple of things. One, you probably could have closed with Jakob Pertl, especially because you just you, you just got a seven-footer for that exact reason, to, to counter opposing seven-footers. You don't close with them instead. You go with pressures at center. You have a lot of guys in foul trouble, which is just sort of the way the game was managed. Um so there was, I think, three guys with five fouls that they couldn't really, like, challenge shots for fear of uh, fouling out. And then ultimately, you end up not being able to close the gap down the stretch. Fred had a horrible air ball um, coming off a set yes. play. It was a really, really good play. Uh, you know, Fred, Pascal, pick and, pick and pop. Fred setting the screen, flaring out to the, to the wing. Nobody went with him. Two guys went to Pascal. Pascal made the right pass out. And Fred was wide open, shot it, and it was an air ball. Um, and, and that essentially ended the hopes of the game. But I think for me defensively they just need to be much much more solid and i was hoping to see that against detroit and they did play better defensively on the whole against detroit but again same issues down the stretch guys kept getting downhill so i think the raptors again they just need to really really hone this in they have the defensive personnel to be way better than this they've got even better with yaka portal they just need to you know produce on defense because more than anything else that's the biggest issue with the season yeah and you mentioned Jakob not playing uh, at the end of the game against Utah. So I guess he had five fouls. But that's essentially if you don't play the guy, you're just fouling him out yourself mm-hmm. um, by not having him out there. He came off the bench in his first game, uh, you know, 17 minutes, six points, four rebounds, two assists. How many screen assists, Will, did you count? Um, I believe Yak's up to eight screen assists oh, okay. in two games. Yeah. yeah. Pretty okay. good. Pretty, Pretty good. good. Um, two of seven from, from the free throw line. We know he struggles a little bit. Yep. From from free throws, he shoots one handed. So like. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very awkward form. Um, and then yesterday started. Um, you know, Gary was out mm-hmm. late scratch. You know, OG remains out, and you know it was a team high plus eleven, two steals, three blocks, six points, five rebounds, twenty five minutes. Um, what just what have you seen so far through two games in terms of, you know, Jakob's addition to to the team on on both ends of the floor? Um, I, I think it's it's actually helping. Everybody in, in very subtle ways. First mm-hmm. off, I mean, obviously the results aren't like they're on paper just yet. I mean, his own personal box scores are not that impressive. Sure. I'm pretty sure he has more fouls than points at the moment or rebounds or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the stat is out there that he's called for 11 fouls in the last two games. Yesterday was the first time in over a calendar year 
um, where Jacoperto has fouled out mm. of a game, right? And I think the big part there is just he's transitioning to a new style of defense. And we'll get to that in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think for, for for my own personal assessment watching him, it seems like he's really, like, making plays for others, right? The setting the screens. I know we're, we're going to be joking about screen assists a lot on this show now because we have someone who sets good screens again. Yeah, no no more but screen assist jokes. We, genuine, appreciate, we appreciate them now. Right, we flipped our tone. It's fine. Yeah. Rudy Gobert is yeah. my favorite player. I love no, his please, screen assists. Man. I can't wait to I see know how screen painful, in the all I know how game. painful it was for you to give uh, Taylor Horn Tucker the, the Gerald oh, Anderson. Man. Man, Taylor Horn Tucker is right up there with Julius Randle for the bad eye test, apparently good player uh, uh, eye test for, uh, of the year for me. But no, seriously, with Jakob, he's he's making plays for others. He's getting guys open. Mm. And then defensively, I think that gives them another option in terms of how they want to play, right? Not, not He's not just your – he can't just be a drop big because the Raptors really don't play like that that mm. often. However, there is that option to do that a little bit more often. He's made a, a lot of stops at the basket already. Some of that obviously has ended in fouls, which I don't think is great. And we'll go through the fouls as well. But mm. to me, it's just like for a guy who's stepping in here and he's had exactly one practice in between those two games mm. to sort of acclimate himself. I thought he looked okay. Um, I think there's still more to get out of him. But I think it was really interesting because Jacoperto has been like the most requested man in, in media in, in right. Toronto. Right? Since arriving. Yeah, he spoke yeah, yeah. pregame at shoot-around. Um, before uh, Friday's game against Utah. He spoke after Friday's game against Utah. He spoke after yesterday's game against Detroit. And he spoke again today at practice. In fact, Jakob was even, when he walked to the scrum today at practice, he was like, yo, you guys aren't going to request me again until after All-Star break. Okay, this is the last one I'm doing. Right? <laughs> He's just like, how many times are you going to ask me about screening and defense? But he did get some pretty good mm. quotes, including this one where Jakob Proto explained his new role in Toronto on both offense and defense. A couple things on defense. Obviously, like I, I spoke about this before, like uh, kind of going from a from a sit back passive type defense, like being being very careful, not giving up fouls, to a very aggressive style defense, um, trying to force turnovers, um, may, maybe making a a couple less solid plays, but but trying to be aggressive and like forcing the opponents to make mistakes. And then on offense, like I, I feel like I'm just in a little bit of a different role. Um, in San Antonio, I had the ball in my hands a lot. I was trying to create for other guys. Like so far here, um, I'm just in a lot of pick and roll situations. Like obviously we have uh, really talented one-on-one scorers in, in P, Fred, all those guys. So uh, yeah, I'm just trying to play a more of a supportive role on offense, I guess. So two things, you know, it's defense mm-hmm. uh, in San Antonio was much more conservative, avoid fouls in Toronto they're encouraging to even make plays that aren't necessarily solid, but in pursuit of uh, creating turnovers and and getting the offense out of their rhythm, Mm -hmm. right? Very, very different styles. And then that's defensively. Offensively, he is gone from someone who catches the ball in the post and makes a couple of uh, passes and reads from there to, as he mentioned, mostly just setting pick and rolls Mm -hmm. at the current moment. Now, of course, we have to add the caveat that it's only been one practice, so there's not there's not that much you could really get into him at this current moment. In fact, he also spoke about how he's been given an iPad full of the Raptors plays, and over the the, the course of the All Star break, he's going to be studying that iPad, mm. right? Ideally on a beach somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, what do you make of that? What do you make of the fact that the Raptors have brought in Jakob to play a very different role than he was? Yeah, past you know, I think I think just watching him these these past few games, and I know we keep going back to you know, the the screens that he's able to set and, like, just even these basic pick and rolls that he runs, like, with Pascal, you know, with Fred or Gary in the action. 
Like it does feel like there's a there's just an added element to you know what what he can bring on on the offensive end, right? And again, mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff. Like we were reading his box score, like you don't really see that, right? You know, I think defensively there is an adjustment, and it does it does bring it back. It's interesting him talking about the different styles, you know, in San Antonio and here. And it it does bring me back. Like I know you were talking about it on Friday too, just about how this defensive scheme of the Raptors just haven't been as flexible as maybe they should be, mm. depending on like game scenarios. Like if you want to maximize what you want out of Jakob, like don't you want to put him in these different situations where, you know, maybe he does play this like high risk, high reward type defense, but also have him play some of that drop coverage, you know, in, in certain situations like the fourth quarter against Utah. I just feel like, if you're bringing in someone to fill in a position at, at center like this, don't you want to just maximize and see all the ways that you can utilize them? Yeah. Well, I mean, that that brings into the idea of, like, what are you bringing a player in for? Are you, mm-hmm. are you bringing them in to change the way you want to play or are you bringing them in to enhance the way you want to play? And right. I think that Jakob can do both here in Toronto, but I actually would prefer if he changed the way the Raptors played a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it doesn't make as much sense to me um, to 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 still pressure as much on defense when you have someone at the back like Jakob who can make a lot of plays like we saw him make a a a number of steals and blocks at the basket Mm -hmm. yesterday right in the paint and and he's clearly very smart on that front and then offensively yes he's good at screen screen and roll in the sense that he can really get um you know the ball handler free going downhill and um you know, obviously he's a target down low as well, so they can find him um, more often. And and I think the two games here, they've mostly found him on pick and roll scenarios, and I think they've actually been able to defeat him occasionally there. But are there more opportunities to sort of give him the ball in the middle of the floor, let him run dribble handoffs, let him, you know, um, not necessarily attack through the post because he's not that aggressive of a player, but, um, you know, be able to, to, to let other guys attack off ball and introduce more movement and flow into the offense. Because, again, I think that's is not part of the reason why you bring them in. Right. Right. And so we'll, we'll see. Like this, again, we're, we're saying this right now with them having had one practice in between these two games. So we'll see. Obviously, most will happen more post-trade than our post-All-Star break. Um, but I'd like to see the Raptors continue to use Jakoproto closer to the way San Antonio used them. Yeah. And I saw you, you did some... Jakob Pertle foul film review. Oh, Anything yeah. Anything you want to add to? You know, a busy, a busy morning for yours truly, you know, going <laughs> yeah. out of practice, scooting over to the scooter shop, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, have a, Everything's good with the scooter? Yeah, everything's good. It's just got a, a minor tweak, so I got to go back to later. Right. Um, we should compare at the end of the season if you spent more money on your scooter versus me <laughs> on my one Civic. <laughs> it might be close. Might I mean, how close. much was no, the repair th- today? This one, no, this one was covered under warranty, so it's all oh, good. Oh, you got warranty, <laughs> I don't think they even got parts for me, if anything. No, breaks down at this point. You're going to have to find that thing yourself, man. This guy's got to go to a scrapyard and look for a condenser. Yeah, yeah. but um, but you watched, you did some film study. Yeah, and then I got to the Yaco. office, and I was like, all right, what do I do? And I was like, mm. I'm going to pull up NBA stats and, and look up his 11 fouls. First off, Yaka Pro's actually been called for 12 fouls in the two games here. Oh, one was one reviewed. of them was overturned. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and, and to me, honestly, it's just like, because I, I think the reason I wanted to watch the fouls is because I wanted to see how much of it was adjusting to the new scheme. Sure. And how much of it was bad calls or how much of it was just bad defense, you know, or just unfortunate defense. Mm. And I think for me, it's just like, he's just not getting a good whistle the last two games. I think first off, um, in the Utah game, in the one minute after checking in, he got called for two fouls. Mm. One of them was legitimately a moving screen, right? He didn't set the screen high enough for Fred or Fred, Fred didn't go tight enough around the screen mm-hmm. that left a little gap for Colin Sexton to sort of like squeeze himself into. And then, of course, that's always an opportunity where you can get a moving screen 
foul call, mm-hmm. right? So, so whatever. But then the second foul call was just so quick, and Nick Nurse immediately challenged, and it actually got overturned, right? So I think he was getting a bad whistle right out of the gate in that one. Against Detroit, same deal. 11-20 in the first quarter. So literally the second possession of the game, uh, Yaka Pertle was vertical on a contest. Uh, and they were covering in drop coverage, by the way, in that situation. It was right at the basket. The ball slipped to, I think, Duran. And, you know, he went up vertical and, you know, the rookie got the call against him. Some some stuff like that. I'm just like, look, you, you know, you you got – I'm not saying you got to give Jakob Pertl a special whistle or anything like that, but, like, right. that's his reputation in the league as a defensive player. He's going to create some contact in the paint. But, you know, as long as he's vertical down low, like, there, there's no issues with that. Um, and, I, yeah, I just watched through it. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's been a few of those where there's just absolutely nothing. Like, for example, in the second foul for, for the game against Detroit, this is four minutes left in the second quarter – um, Isaiah Stewart catches it on the roll. Um, Jakob's actually back up on the play. He's not like trying to meet him, you know, in, in at the free throw line area. Stewart, first off, he travels before he catches the ball or, or as he catches the ball. Second of all, he slips, he loses his footing, and they just call that a foul on Jakob. If anything, there's just there's straight up nothing on that play. Right? That's just a bad play. Mm. Um, you know, and and you know, there's just a couple of opportunities where Jakob is just closing out and that same kind of deal, uh, you know, in, you know, rotating over at the basket, which is his job. And they're just giving him the fouls. And so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm not really seeing something that's like a consistent pattern where it's something that will be repeatable. Like, I don't think that we should anticipate Yaka being at five fouls a game or six fouls a game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that would be a huge disaster. But I think to me, like, there are a few opportunities where I feel like the change in defense really affects it. Like his third foul, for example, he switched on to Bob Bogdanovich on the perimeter. And um, Boyan pulled up for three because um, I don't even think Yaka was actually back that far. But Jakob tried to close the gap and was a little too overeager with the closeout and left Bojan with no landing space. So that's just a regular foul. That's on him. And that's also a situation where they're kind of overextending him a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think for me, just looking at the overall picture of this, like it's just he's been a little bit unlucky with the whistle, right? Even even in, in this game, for example, um, he wasn't really in foul trouble until the fourth quarter where he picked up three fouls in the span of two, uh, 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 two minutes. And, mm. you know, um, where, you know, it, it was a play where Ivy, he cut off Ivy um, and Ivy went up with the up fake, you know, went into Jakob's chest like that. That's that's not a foul. Mm. That's really not a foul. Right. Jakob, Jakob jumps into him. That's a foul. But Jakob's standing there and the guy jumps into his chest. That's not a foul. On the ensuing play where Ivy shoots the free throws, Stewart gets called for or he gets called for a loose ball foul boxing on Isaiah Stewart. I mean, if the fourth foul wasn't called erroneously, that fifth foul doesn't even exist because he's not supposed to be shooting free throws in that situation. And then the sixth foul, that was where he was just a little confused on the coverage and he was a little lost. Um, but in, in any case, I, I think that um, I'm not as worried about it, but at the same time, it is interesting because he is having to adjust to a new team. Some of those things like moving screens, like that happens more when you're less familiar with the new team. Yeah. So, Man, you know, aren't you happy to not be talking about Jakob Pertl trade rumors, and you actually get to talk about Jakob Pertl on court review. No, I, I actually, I, I actually don't mind talking about a guy like Jak just because of the fact that, um, you know, he does a lot of stuff that kind of goes under the radar, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. he's not a big box score player by any means, right? Um, but there are subtle things that he does um, that I think that help in- enhance the flow of the game. At the same time, I just think that, like, yeah, he's just got to be able to stay in the game longer in whatever way they find to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he should be a guy who plays 30 minutes per game easily. Yeah. And right now, just because of the foul trouble, he hasn't been able to play as much. Yeah. The the other film study, you want to get to this? Mm. The Fred Shot Review? 
yeah. film study. Okay, so clearly there's a lot of discussion about Fred, um, as there always is. You know, he's the lightning rod of the season. Um, I think on the whole, his shooting percentage was actually fine. I mean, he was, I think his true shooting for the game was like 60%. Um, and he had 35 points and he made, I think, five threes last night. Um, yeah, so he was six of six of 13 from six three, threes, yeah. 12, 12 of 26 from the field yesterday. Yeah, and, and I made this point in the um, in the React pod in the sense that I was watching the game and I was just like, there's just a lot of shots here that he didn't necessarily need to take. And if he chose not to take those shots, his overall game would look a lot better. And I think some people ran with that and, and really... Um, you know, made it sound like I was trying to defend him. I'm not trying to defend him. I'm actually, that's a point of critique. That's a, that's a criticism. Mm-hmm. That's not actually a defense. Mm-hmm. And so um, I went back and just looked at the film um, just to make sure like what those 26 shots were. And, you know, I think there's, there's a couple of things, right? Um, he's, he, he has a tendency, clearly, first off, he doesn't care about the shooting percentage because he will take the end of clock he's. Mm. right so you had an end of clock heave at the end of the first quarter he had an end of clock even the end of the third quarter both of those are shots at half court we see a lot of players i think we even saw in this game where they'll actually intentionally wait for the buzzer to sound and then chuck it because they don't want that missed shot on their their their, their ledger fred clearly doesn't care about it because he does this all the time so you had two of those on uh, on that were just whatever you, you take the shot you're clearly not going to make it but you're going to have a miss on your on your on your ledger i think for me some of the bad shots that truly should not have been there are the ones where in the third quarter in particular, he started driving against two guys, right? And the Pistons did a better job of switching more switchable defenders against them. First half, he had a lot more success attacking bigs one-on-one mm-hmm. in switch coverage. Um, in, in the second half, the Pistons did a really great job of keeping wings on him on the perimeter and then also having their base close out and, and, and help at the basket. Um, there were like t- three or four of those drives where he, one of them, I know for sure he had Malachi Flynn wide open, on a kickout that he didn't find. Another one he found, he could have had Scotty Barnes wide open under the basket. He didn't find him. So there are definitely three or four drives yesterday where he just wasn't able to finish. There were also two plays in transition where he took it strong to the basket and the Pistons did a great job and contested him. To be honest, Fred in transition is a little bit harder for him to score just because of the fact that, you know, he's small and he's going to try to go to the rim. If the defender is mostly there and ready in position, most defenders will be able to force him into a tough shot. And so there were two blocks in transition there. And again, that's that's my whole thing. It was just like if you just made better reads on four or five of these plays, your game would go from pretty good yesterday to fantastic. And I think that's all people are really asking for with Fred is just to choose more discretion with the way he's he's looking to attack, right? The aggression in the offense is a good thing. I think the Raptors, generally speaking, need him to be aggressive. But I think especially on those driving opportunities, look for the dish a little bit more. That's all. Yeah, and and I think this is something that Fred, you know, when he was on that that JJ Redick podcast earlier earlier this season, I think it's been a season of Fred trying to just search out and and figure out what really the ideal role for him is on, on this team, especially on the offensive end, right? And I think however many games into the season now, almost sixty games, like this, I guess just continues to to be an area of of concern and, and focus for for Fred. It's yeah. like you think about like coming into the season talking about the whole off-ball role and stuff. Obviously, that's, that stuff has kind of sailed in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's back to, to being on most nights, like a focal point well, of the offense. Yesterday was a fu- it was funny yeah. you said that because yesterday was a perfect example of that. The first quarter, he had 16 points. Mm-hmm. He made his first three threes. All those were off-ball, right? Mm-hmm. First one, Pascal driving kick to Fred, off-ball. Then another play where Fred, you know, does a really smart cut along the baseline, right. switches from 
left side of the floor to the right side of the floor, gets an open three from Scotty, another driving kick opportunity for Fred to get threes. Those are all off-ball opportunities. No one is, has any mm. issues with Fred taking a catch-and-shoot three, especially when he's attacking off-ball. And I thought that, oh, this might be his role for this game because mm. Gary's out for the game, right? So you have somebody who you need to run shooting guard plays for, and Fred was stepping into that role where Scotty was sort of being more of the point guard. However, once Scotty checked out of the game and it was a lot more like Fred was the point guard again, then he was sort of attacking more pick and roll. And again, first half was working. Um, second half, not as much, right? Because a lot of those drives were turned into blocks or missed shots, which also, by the way, there is a there is an additive effect of that because if you drive hard to the basket and you miss it and you're not able to get back in transition because you've fallen over because you've gone so hard, then you've really left your team also with... It's almost like a live ball turnover, mm. right? So, so I, I think, yeah, I mean... It was interesting because yesterday was exactly that. He did start off ball, mm-hmm. just like he started the season off ball, but then he became mm-hmm. more and more on ball. And it was interesting listening to, to Coach Griffin talk about it too, where he was just like, look, I'm the interim, right? I'm the substitute teacher here. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, what what do you guys want to do for me? And he he really complimented Fred and Pascal in particular for, for calling out a lot of the plays. But I'm like, calling out a lot of plays probably just means guys calling their own number yeah, yeah. a little bit, you know? So, man. No, it's. I think that's yeah. been a, such a dominant theme of this season, right? Sure. Like, yeah, like, like yeah, trying yeah. to figure out what guys' roles are, and like, you mm-hmm. know, obviously you bring in Jakob now, and you know, we, we can talk about this in the second half. Um, I know, I know, you had some observations too about just kind of what Scotty and Precious's roles might look like, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward now that Jakob is um is is here, and like, you know, and I want to ask you too about what the what the starting five might look like, like once everybody gets healthy too, right? Because I think yep. there's some interesting combinations there and other news and notes so we can do all that after the break that's right so um i've been your host willow that's alex Wong. you're listening to the raptor show on the sports radio network have you checked out bet rivers yet download the bet rivers online casino and sportsbook app today get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options plus don't forget about bet rivers sportsbook award-winning customer service it's a whole new game with bet rivers online casino and sportsbook must be 19 plus available in ontario only Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. I'm your host, William Lou. I continue to join producer and co-host Alex Wong as we continue to look at the Raptors' slightly revamped roster post-trade deadline, um, bringing in Jacoperto and, and sort of the effects that that's had on some of the other players in the rotation. So, how you doing, Alex? Uh, I'm good. Just want to interrupt you with some news and notes. Oh, okay. Uh, All actually, right. so uh, uh, the Raptors announced over the weekend that they've signed Joe Wieskamp. To a multi-year deal. Wheezy. Per Blake Murphy of Blake Murphy Tuesday, the deal is for the rest of this season, non-guaranteed for the 2023-24 season. And this likely takes the Raptors out of the buyout market mm. uh, since they're a win-now team. But I was thinking if they should, instead of win on that on that practice scoreboard, if they should put win-now for what? Damn. Um, but team still, uh, per Blake Murphy of Blake Murphy Tuesday, the team still has a $3 million injury exception that they got from Otto Porter's toe. We can't get the full six, man. We <laughs> barely had him all season. 
No. Um, They're like, how many toes? Um, I'm not surprised the Raptors are in the buyout market. The Raptors sure. are not a team that really attracts buyout players. Um, in my time covering the Raptors, uh, I remember two mm. buyout players. One of J- their Jaylen. names are. Are we doing Jalen? Oh, man. One of them I was super hype about. Jeremy Lin. All right, who was having a good season in Atlanta, by the way. Look that up. All right. His cook, numbers were solid. the Raptors, too, man. Yeah, he had a solid 30 points on the Raptors in a loss, but still. Um, so that was the better one of the two. The other one was Jason Thompson. This is, I think, the 2016, 2016 season. Yeah, Jason Thompson. And I was like, oh, okay. He, you know, he does some things with the Kings, and he came here and did nothing. Yeah, how was the film study on Jason Thompson? Um... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. He had big Boring. Teeth. He had big teeth. <laughs> yeah, big teeth is crazy. Let me just confirm that. Man. Okay, on. he's gonna confirm whether uh, Jason Thompson has big teeth. In the meantime, want listeners to oh, know. Yeah. Come on, man. They're huge. Okay. Okay. Teeth confirmed. Um, Shasta Obi Trice. Um, this guy looked like Roberto Firmino. Um, uh, tickets for the WNBA game in Toronto that's taking place on. Saturday, May 13th, between the Minnesota Lynx and Chicago Sky at Scotiabank mm. Arena are going to go on sale on March 8th for anybody that's interested. And March 8th is International Women's Day. It'll be available at Ticketmaster.com. And for people that want early access, pre-sale ticket access, go to WNBACanadaGames.com. WNBACanadaGames.com. Yeah, we're going to go, man. Oh, we're definitely going. Oh, we're definitely going. Got to hit good, up, good, yeah. you know, Ashton Lawrence, um, you know, at NBA Canada, get that NBA, WNBA credential. All right. Um, you know, Raptor season will be over. You know, it's May May thirteenth, <laughs> so we'll just be doing uh, on, NBA playoff shows. Well, you want to bet on that? <laughs> you you want to uh, bet on the Raptors still being alive <laughs> on May thirteenth? Yeah, if have anybody to be, they have wants to be in the second round, so yeah, yeah you're right. Bet yeah. Rivers, put that up. I'll, I'll get my uh, I'll get my credits back after losing lots of money betting on the Bengals in I the AFC credits, Championship. Man. But yeah, you know, WNBACanadaGame.com. Go to that. No, I'm excited about it. Mm. And I've been telling you know I was talking to V last week. You know I'm. I think the next next expansion team that's coming in WNBA, I think it's got it's got to be Toronto, man. It's time. Yeah. It's time. No, it's time. I, I think it'd be great, man. Yeah. But I'm excited to go see this exhibition game for sure. Yeah, I know. You know, All Star Weekend uh, is coming up this week. That's right. We're gonna um, have a All Star Weekend preview episode. <laughs> what are we previewing? Okay. Friday? We're, so we're gonna draft. Are we gonna do a draft? We're gonna draft the players. You know what? Let's draft the celebrities and then let's draft the players. Oh I actually, God. I would love to draft the celebrities. Okay. Well, the celebrity game, yeah. uh, uh, like Will mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, the participants were announced last week. Okay. And just just want you to know. So the two teams are going to be captained by Ryan Smith, oh. who is the Utah Jazz governor. Um, I guess that's just, that's the word they use for owner now. Yeah, he's um, the owner. Yeah. yeah, he's the owner. Dwayne and Dwayne Wade, okay. who is uh, the minority Utah Jazz owner. minority owner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and some of the notables from this list yeah. that I'm not sure if you see, I've highlighted here in yellow. Um, Simu Liu. Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him hoop. Um, Hassan Minaj. So these are two that we're familiar with because yes. we have we have literally called the and, game. And possibly hooped with them. I don't know. No, we, we, oh, okay. we, we, we've hooped with them. Oh, okay, okay. You Hassan, have hooped. But, okay, you yeah, have hooped. The with other them. one, yes. Uh, what is the scouting report on these two players? Yeah. Really? Okay. Um, Can we get an NBA comp at least or something like that? Hassan Minaj. He was taking every shot available. He was chucking. Here's the thing. Who's with, the guy who chuck? Who's the player who just chucks a lot of shots? Um, here's the he thing. He might with, be Eddie House. But um, the celebrities too. It's just like they have. They don't live like regular human lives. Like even my head but is how, already inflated. But how does that translate? Very small amount of fame. But how does that translate onto the court, though? 
that translates to arrogance on the court, man. Oh, Hassan okay. was taking some bad shots in that one. Okay. We were roasting him because this, this so what, what happened was we were actually calling, the two of us were calling This was a CCYA celebrity classic that took place last summer. Yep. Yep. And, and some of the players of the were actually there yeah. um, uh, in this game, including Hassan. Yeah. Worst player was Ronnie Chang, by the way. Oh, <laughs> by far, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, he was horrible, but... Yeah, we were roasting uh, Hassan, and then eventually he like mid game would come over and, and talk to us on the mic. Yeah, he was very gracious. And he was he would roast us back. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, it was great. But Lots no, he's not a good hooper. Simu okay. plays hard. I want to leave it at that. Okay, Simu of uh, you know Google Pixel fame um, and Marvel. Um, mm. So they're both on Team Wade. So if, mm. if any degenerates like J.R. Manitad is betting on the celeb game, maybe take Team Ryan. Um, um, also on that team, you know Janelle Monae. All right, uh, Twenty One Savage. Nice. Of uh, 21, can you do something for I'm, me, I'm going to be really excited to see. Do you think he'll wear 21 in his back? He has to, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's actually He's a good call. He's got to, yeah. Uh, you know, Francis Tiafo. Yeah, tennis the tennis player. player, yeah. Yeah, I've been watching Breakpoint on Netflix, so now I know tennis. Okay, um, all right, look at you, man. Look Corday? Over here. You know Corday? Corday I, is I on Team Corday. Ryan? I do know Corday, yeah. Corday? So, has she, he's like, he's <laughs> no longer dating? Oh, I thought, no, I think they're together, no? They're still together? I thought they had a baby together, too. All right. I got to double check. Yeah, we have right. to confirm this. All right. Corday, is he still yeah, dating? he's been too busy doing Jakob Pertl film study to to know this. Corday had a had a great LA leak. Oh no, the rumors are not true. Freestyle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everybody. The rumors oh, okay. are not true. Yeah, um, true Al- still exists. Albert Pujols. Oh, I'm excited for that one. Who you're familiar with? Look at this man. This guy didn't highlight the Miz, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. This guy didn't, this guy didn't highlight Megatron. What do you have is to say Megatron, about? Brother? Yeah, yeah. What okay. do you have to say about the Miz though? Um, I don't know. I know. I've seen him on the sports. You know what ads. we need is uh, the Riz. Oh, <laughs> yo, that's what we actually should have. Shams and Woj in the game. Oh, my goodness. Damn. Yo, yeah, honestly, NBA is not too late. I know Shams and Woj will be there at the All-Star Weekend. Let's put them in the game. Yeah. Let's have a one-on-one competition between Shams and Woj. What? For what? Scoops? How many scoops yeah, they yeah. can make? The, 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 <laughs> the winner crazy. should get the, the leak from yo, Utah that's, that, uh, that's that, 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 that Russell Westbrook has been bought out. Uh, and Guillermo from uh, Jimmy Kimmel. You know Guillermo. Guillermo was around during the 2019 finals here, doing some coverage. Oh yeah. Did you, yeah, did yeah. you ever run into him? Did I run into Guillermo? Yeah, because um, he was doing media day, all the media stuff that we were. I doing. saw him a few times. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do, is he funny? Uh, yeah, he's pretty funny. All right. This, these are the people that I wanted to highlight. So. All right. Anyways, more who's the to, biggest star here? Because I think me, it has to be Simulu. No. Simu's the biggest star here. Huh? What about 20? Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah, I actually think Man, we had we we had like Kevin Hart was the MVP of this game. Yeah, he was he was an MVP. Justin Bieber times. was in this game. Yeah, Justin I, Timberlake was in this game. I think like, Common was in it too. Anyways, yeah, he was in the game. Yeah. I don't think I've watched a celeb game in years because it. I love the celeb. No, game. but it happens at the same time as the rookie sophomore. Like no, no, it happens, it happens before. Man. Really? Come on, yeah, seven p.m. All right, Rising Stars is that. Oh, nine. you know what? Oh, it's been a problem when you actually are there covering it because you can't be at the two. Oh, events. got so you. Got this you. has been a conflict those times. Yeah, but. I haven't. I have not covered it. Yeah, even yeah. Also, all star weekend is, is is overrated. Yeah, mm. just stick to the KF court. Um, Man. And uh, since we're a food podcast, um, we couldn't get to this last week of the trade deadline. You know, the NBA announced uh, Toronto's going to have the first uh, NBA courtside restaurant that's going to be opening this spring at 15 Queens Key East. Hmm. Um, that's you know, cool. it's going to have a premium sports inspired dining experience. What does that mean? And celebrate the NBA through custom art and decor. Modern food and beverage program, exclusive retail space, outdoor and private dining. I'm just saying we should go check it out and you know have a review of this as well. <laughs> are, you, are, con- are you begging on air again? This sounds like begging on air. Since uh, 
If I am begging, you know, the NBA also released uh, these NBA All-Star Weekend Crocs this week that has, like, every NBA logo on them. Crocs or NBA Canada, if you're listening, we love a pair. Um, you know, but, actually, Alex does wear Crocs fairly often, and obviously yeah. he loves the NBA, as you can I, tell on the show. I love I love the NBA. But anyways, you know, it'll be opening in the spring when, you know, the Raptors will be have been eliminated. No, so, again, on, so, again, we're going to need content. We got Yaka so, Pertle now. So man. we're going to need content. And lastly, shout-outs to Ed Wong and, and Wong's Ice Cream, you know, reached out to us last week um, and was kind enough to um, drop off some some ice cream yeah. uh, for us, which you still need to pick up. You I know, will, had yeah. a chance to check out their East Chinatown location before they close in late 2021. Right. You know, they had multiple store closures during COVID, but glad to see they're back now. They're, they're a pop-up at Basil Box locations across the city, mm. and Ed's been super supportive of the show. Awesome, man. So, you That's know, had, so cool, man. Had a tub of Vietnamese coffee, uh, ice cream over the weekend. A whole tub? Yeah, and, and almost <laughs> finished my Korean banana milk. <laughs> You know what? You know <laughs> Let's what, just man? keep my private no. life off air. That's yeah. just that's just no. It's just really good ice cream, man. No, no. Honestly, shout outs. No, uh, shout out to Wong's ice cream. cream. I actually, Super I really wanted to go before you know. Again, the pandemic you yeah. know, sh- shut everything down. Um, to be honest, like I just haven't made the trek to East Chinatown a lot. Yeah, and I still want to do that more. So. I mean, it's much closer to you than me. I live far <sighs> in the West End. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, I go, go there decently. Go check yeah. out Basil Box locations. All right, Wong's ice cream. Super appreciate it. Excited. And now a hard pivot back to the Toronto Raptors. Mm. So you talked about Jakob Pertl, yep. you know, being here and, and, you know, the effects of it. And I guess, you know, him playing the, the center position is going to push some of these other players into uh, maybe roles that they haven't been playing recently. Um, and I know you highlighted uh, Scotty and Precious as kind of two players, right? Yeah. That they're going to have to be playing uh, different roles. You know, Precious was playing like small, a small ball center role for a lot, you know, recently as, he, as he's been, you know, coming out coming back from his injury and then really bouncing back from, from a disappointing start to the season. And now he's being asked to, to play kind of a different role, more, more on the wing and things like that. And again, I don't know, I know it's early two games so far with Yaka, but um, what have you seen from Precious kind of in this new role and what can we expect? Yeah. So it, it's been interesting. Um, Precious obviously started the season poorly. And then when he came back to the lineup, uh, recovering from the ankle injury that kept him off for two months, I thought he's been on a very steady progression. Mm. Um, and I think that, um, you know, a lot of that progression has come with him playing center, mm-hmm. right? Because the the issue with the Raptors not having a center is they've had to sort of like negotiate. So start the season, they played with no center in the starting group. Um, Pascal and Scotty kind of took on center at times. We've seen OG guard the center at times, depending on the matchup. Um, and then we saw Christian Coloco in the rotation decently. We also saw Ken Birch in the rotation, which, by the way, we never did our favorite Ken Birch moments. Come on, man. We traded away a longtime Raptor. We didn't do any favorite moments from Ken Birch. Yeah, my favorite. Sorry, I put two candies. I thought you were going to talk about Precious for seven minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to be able to chew on this Pena candy Shout from Derek Pena, Brendale. Man. My favorite is um, Strizzy introducing him as oh. representing We the North. Yeah. And also on Media Day when the photos came out, those wonderful media photos from uh, Tier Zero, and they gave everyone nicknames. His nickname was Chemistry. Yeah, with a K. With, with a K. Interesting. Which, um, mm. you know, I guess we... It's not a good thing that we traded away more chemistry because that's really what we need right now. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Damn. Uh, what about you? Um, My favorite Ken oh, yeah, I, I handled the memories. off-court stuff. You know, I wanted you to take care of the on-court. Um, you know, there was, there was a time when he was playing in Tampa where... I think we have been so used to watching uh, Aaron Baines and uh, Alex Len, and also Fifty Chris, Cent's favorite player, and, and Chris Boucher moonlighting at center. Will's favorite player. Yeah. Um, that 
when we saw Cam Birch, and this is before the knee injuries, mm-hmm. um, it was like, whoa, he could actually do a couple of things here and there. <laughs> I think that was the last time we talked about screen assist. We mm-hmm. talked about a guy who could finish with the little push shots over there. Okay. He's taking some corner threes. It was it mm-hmm. was looking like, okay, this is a decent addition. Unfortunately, I just think the injuries really just really cost him, and he talked so much about how that affected him. He played through yeah. it last year. Well, even t- catching up with him in training camp, everybody was pretty excited on media day except for Cam. You know, I was like, oh, I was asking, no, I was just, no, I mean, he just seemed still pretty down. He was like, I'm still recovering from this thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we worked really hard. Also, I said, you know, happy birthday. You're turning 30. And he said, why did you have to remind me? <laughs> Damn, <laughs> so, that's really dark. <laughs> it was really that kind of vibe. No, listen, shout so, to Cam. Like, like, to Cam, like all jokes aside, I wish things worked out here. I know he had to deal with a lot of injuries. Yeah. Shouts to Wendy Sparks. Yep. No, he he was he was a bright spot in Tampa. Loki, a good quote, too. Yeah. Because he's very blunt. I think mm-hmm. early on, someone asked him about um, Gary Trent Jr. I think last season, start of the season, they asked him, like, hey, you know, Gary's playing a lot better defensively. What do you think? And he's like, you know, I agree with you, man. I've never seen a guy who didn't play defense before start playing defense. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, yo. Yeah, no, no. Sh- Shouts to Kem. He, he, was a, he was a bright spot in Tampa at a time when I think we were looking for bright spots. Um, I mean, Freddie Gillespie was a bright no, spot because he's saying part of the gonna, USA. I was just going to mention Freddie Gillespie. I just remembered him. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that was a... Because he sang Party USA, and then he... he yeah, like, and then they had to take the video down because of copyright issue. Well, he also did the Cat Daddy as well, Miley which I haven't Cyrus. seen anyone do since 2012, Miley man. Cyrus. Good for him. I was like, man. yo, you got to take this <laughs> well, down. Uh, what's the next Ricky initiation going to be? The Harlem Shake? Like, uh, anyways, you were talking yeah, about so, Precious. Yeah, Pro Precious is in a new role. Anyway, so he, he's playing uh, small ball center um, mm. a lot, and now with Yaka Pertle in, he shouldn't have to play as much small ball center. In fact, he actually hasn't played much of it um, uh, instead, they've gone to Thad Young, a, a backup center. I think that they could probably switch up the rotation a little bit Which, to have Precious covering yeah, we, those We minutes. are agreeing to ban Thad Young playing center. Right? I just, just don't think it's fair to him, man. Like, mm. you know, like it's it's like asking your grandpa to play center. Man. <laughs> it's not going to go well. That, that back line defense is not going to be there. Yeah. But I think for Precious, too, it's been interesting because he's now almost essentially playing OG's role, right? Because mm. yesterday, in yesterday's game, his job was to cover Bogdanovich and also to take some threes. And I, I asked Coach Griffin about, um, you know, uh, Precious's performance on that front. And, and it was interesting to hear um, Coach Griff talk about, uh, you know, Precious Ochoa bracing that challenge. Before the game, Precious wanted to take the challenge. You know, when, when we were doing, when we found out Gary was out and we were looking at, okay, what are the matchups? And uh, we obviously we knew that Bogdanovich is, is their guy and, and he's the guy you got to stop. And Precious uh, wanted to, to take that challenge. And even throughout the game, when uh, there was times when Bogdanovich was uh, making some, some tough shots, Precious wanted to stay on him. And I, I thought he did a great job. And then he made some timely shots uh, in, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so Precious embracing that challenge. I think that's the first key, right? Obviously, he has good defensive skills, but he really does seem like he has a willingness to play whatever role the Raptors ask of him, mm. and he plays super hard. So I've, I've been impressed with Precious as soon as he's come back from the injury, and this is no kind of difference from that. I thought, obviously, he could have guarded Bogdanovich better, but yeah. that's clearly a tough matchup for him to sort of handle. Very different from guarding the post versus guarding the wing, but still, I, I like hearing from Griff um, saying that Precious put his hand up and, 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 and took on that challenge. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's interesting. You know, I know these last however many games, 24 games, you know, trying to make a push for this playing spot. Sorry, I'm trying to sound as as excited as possible. But mm-hmm. I think also, like, it's a good chance to see guys now you've added, Jakob, and now you see Precious in this role, possibly get a little preview on what life without OG might be like. 
next season? Yeah, if they choose. To. I don't know, right? Because like, because like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is the purpose of doing it, but like, you you do want to use these final twenty four games as a as an evaluation to to see you know where certain guys fit, you know you know what still needs. Obviously, Precious is not at that OG level. Um, I, I think in terms of like guarding wing players, but like you want to see where they're at in in their progression, and maybe that informs some of the decision making this summer. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to see if he can do it first, right? So mm-hmm. this is a bit of an opportunity here for him to do it. OG's already been ruled out for tomorrow's game. So um, he'll be out through the All-Star break then. Yeah, he'll be so. all, uh, hopefully he's able to come back after that. Um, you Probably know, almost a month. Yeah, well, you know, that's just the pattern here. But I think the other thing, too, is just like... Um, you know, you're going to have to make a decision soon. As soon as probably next game when Gary returns to the lineup, who's going to be in your starting five, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. Precious has been very comfortable in the starting five, but there's also been injuries, so he's been filling in. Does he go back to the bench? I think he probably does, but that still leaves you with six guys. And and we've heard who would Precious, you start? I think Nick has talked about, too, that Precious has openly talked about, like, being more comfortable coming off the bench. Really? Like, Nick has, <laughs> yeah, Nick has actually mentioned that, but... You know, I, I don't think that's that's something that precludes him from being, uh, you know, in the starting lineup. Well, if obviously. you move him to the bench, now all of a sudden you actually have a natural backup center, so he can go back to playing the position that I think he's better at yes. right now. Um, especially because substitution pattern wise, it's much easier to to have him be Yaku's backup when he comes off the bench. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, who are you starting? Even if you even if you put pressure on the bench, which I agree, you have Yakub at center. And um, I feel like Jakob should Fred, start because don't, like don't you feel Scotty, like he's don't you feel like Jakob's best optimized with the starters? Oh, like playing the minutes, yeah, right? No, why would you trade a first rounder if you're not going to start him? And you have to. These are good questions for the front office. Okay, um, well. No, Fred, Pascal, Scotty, and OG. I feel like are locks to start. Is that too strong to say yeah. that they're locks? I mean, I guess Gary's the only other guy who's seen extended time on the bench, but he's also but really turning around. Fr- and then he's also heading to free agency. Well, you got to really promise them his money at that point then. So No, this is a bigger conversation that we can have. All rest right. of this week, we got David Thorpe joining us tomorrow. Can't wait, man. Joseph Cacharo. Big discussions about Nick Nurse coming On Wednesday, tomorrow. possibly Joe Wolf on, CJ Miles on Thursday, and occasionally me. Blake Murphy is off this week. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for us today. I'm in your host, Will Lou, and you're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks once again to producer and co-host Alex Wong, our board producer Derek Randone, Jennifer Olnick for helping us with the YouTube stream and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Peace.